So let me ask you a question. What sins are you committing as a leader today? What sins have you committed just as a normal person in society, living, working, breathing, having fun, dining in restaurants, dating, married, love, in love, not in love? What sins are you committing on a daily basis? You know, I've often wondered if people who are non-religious, if they themselves believe in sins, and if they do, what are the consequences of those sins? Oh, let's talk about that. In this episode, I would like to address the seven deadly sins in leadership as leaders. And oh, by the way, I am a leader. I am in fact a global leader. I am not a world leader, which would make me prime minister or president of a country. But honey, don't get it twisted. I am subject to run for office. You just never know. (laughs) But seriously speaking, I am a leader. And you, in your own right, perhaps, would consider yourself as a leader. You are a leader if you are directing the life or the lives of others. If you are directing other people's lives in such a way that you help them to grow, that you help them to manage their lives, their their work environment. You are a leader if people follow you for any number of reasons. You are a leader if people follow you because they like your thought patterns, your ideas, the projects that you implement into the community to make the community and all within the community much better. Those kinds of characteristics would make you a leader known or otherwise, if you are doing something that embodies helping other people flourish, elevate, and rise to the top, same if you are a leader of people who have risen and now have fallen, you're still a leader. Question then becomes, are you a good leader or a bad leader? But you're still, nonetheless, nevertheless, a leader. I'd like to give some examples about a leader or leadership. After all, this podcast is all about the seven sins in leadership. What do you think sins would be in leadership? Of course, I'm sure as an adult with a heartbeat and a pulse, you're already aware of what sins are. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. When the Bible talks about sins, these are just a few of them that are named. When you think of sins, again, you don't have to be Catholic, Christian, Jew, or Muslim, Taoist, Atheist. You don't have to subscribe to a religion at all. And yet, if that is true and correct about you, you you know what sins are. 
Isn't that interesting that a person who is non-affiliated with any religion, they've heard of sin, they know what sins are, and some of them, some people, commit them every day without any shame. Then there are others, even non-believers, who commit sins and later have the shame. I think it all stems and goes back to the home, the upbringing, what your parents, if you were fortunate enough to grow up with both your parents. And whoops, hold on a second. I'm not suggesting that you are not fortunate, nor were you as a child growing up, if you didn't have both parents while growing up. Heaven forbid, I would never espouse that. Not even privately, much less publicly. So please don't feel that I'm suggesting in any way that if you didn't grow up with both your parents, that you are unfortunate or that your life growing up was unfortunate because you did not have both parents. Who am I to say something like that? But my point for you and for the purpose of this this particular podcast, this series If you did not grow up with both your parents, look, there are people listening to me that didn't grow up with either of their parents. One reason could be both parents died. How they died is not the issue, nor is it important. Others may have grown up in a divorced home. Others have only known the one single parent, the mother or the father. Don't you dare sit or stand or work and think that there are children who have grown up, and when we say single parent, that it always means the mother. Mm-mm, not true. There are a number of single parent fathers who have never married or who are not married, maybe have a girlfriend but or male friend, but they have never married for whatever reason, but their parents by way of either adopting a child or children, or the spouse is no longer there in the picture, passed away. There are reasons. All I'm conveying is that just as you have single parent mothers, you also have single parent fathers. So that being said, people who are non-believers, who are believers, whatever genre or excuse me, category of genre that you fall in, you know what sins are. People know that it is a sin to commit adultery. People know what adultery is. If you are reasonably intelligent, you know what sins are. And bloody guarantee, if you are a living, breathing human being, Hell, even animals sin. But if you are of the human animal, the human being, species, you and I are sinning every day, knowingly and unknowingly. People sin. It's what people do. People commit affairs without the other partner to to know it. People lie because they won't don't want to get caught end up in jail or lose their job or lose their partner or lose their children. So sometimes people feel squeezed and they choose to lie. 
Lying is a sin. You can do a number of things that can be sins as individuals, as can I. But I'm talking about the seven deadly sins in leadership. So let's define leadership. Well, first of all, everybody thinks that a boss is a leader. To a great extent, that's correct. That's true. But look here, Sugarfoot, a boss has the title. A leader, however, has the people. People don't follow a boss. People don't always admire the boss. People don't always respect the boss. It depends on who the boss is. But I can guarantee you, the boss is not the best place to be. I often hear millennials, especially in the United States, always screaming, and in the UK, I would say primarily in Western countries, always talking about the boss. It's nothing to see some big boob woman walking around with a t-shirt on, the brightest color you can find, that says, I'm the boss, or hashtag boss, or hashtag woman boss. The operative word here being boss. So what's your boss? It's only a title. It doesn't mean that you flourish. It doesn't mean that you earn that title to be a boss. It could simply mean that you're calling yourself a boss without the credentials, hello, of a boss. But a leader, oh, now let's talk. A leader is very different. A leader has qualities of empathy, of sympathy, of mindfulness. A leader knows how to articulate to the total group, meaning the group that likes the leader and the group that dislikes the leader. A leader knows how to embrace and change envy. A leader is fully aware of the surroundings and the dynamics. A leader understands when disconnects have torn apart or torn asunder a platform, a unit, a team. A leader has a vision and with that vision understands the mission that is to follow. A leader understands a path of direction, the gift of discernment and the ability to use it. Because of these things and a litany of other characteristics I don't have time to mention in the 30-minute podcast, a leader therefore has the people. So now that I've sort of characterized a leader, a boss, and sins, let's talk about what the seven deadly sins in leadership happens to be. Number one is lust. Lust. Now, when you think of lust, you think of sex and excessiveness towards sex. You may even think of mm, a lust for a particular kind of man or woman, clothes. You can lust after many things. It doesn't just have to be sexual, 
But typically when people think of lust, they think of the things I've mentioned. As it relates to this topic, lust in leadership can be a leader who desires to be a leader so bad that they're willing to lend themselves over into sexual desires that will elevate them into a form of leadership. You've heard, as I have, actresses and actors who lay down on the director's couch, have sex with the director to gain that part. Well, that part is a form of leadership because the character is probably a leading character. I can tell you, I know of people in LA, friends, some just acquaintances, who have laid on many sofas to get roles in films that you perhaps have seen and thoroughly enjoyed. Lust in leadership is that desire to have something so bad or that platform so bad that if it means degrading yourself, sexually speaking, you're willing to do it. The second sin in leadership is gluttony. When you look at gluttony in films, it's some super obese person who can't stop eating, who has eating him or herself into a mass oblivion, just huge, so huge they can't walk. And one would try to imagine how that person hasn't died from a squeezed heart from all the fat. In this instance, however, gluttony and leadership is that excessive and ongoing desire to elevate yourself where you are picking and choosing all of the different ways that you can lay something down before the person that you know can give you that elevation. It's all about bringing yourself to a place where you break bread with others only with the intention of overdoing it. You see, gluttony and leadership is a sense of overdoing it, just like it is for the normal, everyday, hardworking person who overeats. Gluttony and leadership is a person who overdoes things. And in so, they are causing harm, disconnects, disruptions, and they're dismantling everything that is firm, solid, and secure within that business. Number three is greed. Oh, excessive pursuit of material goods. Oh, la, 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 la. So you're telling me that a leader can be so greedy. Are you telling me that you don't know of leaders? Shall I name a few? Okay, I'll spare you. But do you know of leaders? Some very famous, some not so famous. Might even be your own personal boss. Or you yourself. Hey. That are so greedy that they're willing to lie, to cheat, to steal, to deceive. 
When people see me coming, I work very hard at the fact that I want them to look at me as I'm approaching them and and in their mind's thoughts say, here comes a woman with no deception. Because I'm a woman who starts out and who implements things without to deceive. So if I ever meet you and I'm approaching you to say hello, that's what I want you to think about me. Here comes René Dubofois, a woman who doesn't set out to deceive, a woman who lacks deception. If you are greedy, you are all about deception. You you are penalizing others through your deception. Ooh, that was a good drop. You are penalizing others through your deception. You want something so bad, you don't care what you have to do to get it. Now, the others ahead of, of, of greed are all tied into it. I guess that's why they're known as the seven deadly sins. Number four, sloth. Oh my goodness. Slothfulness. You're just downright lazy. And the failure that follows this kind of a leader is because slothfulness for the everyday working person is because they are lazy. They just want to sleep. You know, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to do anything hard work, hard lifting, hard thinking, applying themselves, you know, to, to strength and hard work. They just want everything to be on easy road. And for the person who is slothful, they, they have an excessive laziness and believe it or not, they have a failure to act and utilize talents. Now that is probably the greatest of the seven sins, in my opinion, of leadership. A failure to act and utilize talents. But don't you get it? The person or the leader who is slothful, they're so wrapped up in doing nothing, but yet taking all the credit, they don't see where they're lacking. But they do see where you are, where you are superior. And because you're better than they are, even though they're slothful about doing things as a leader, they're not going to be slow in keeping you from getting ahead. And that's what I mean when I'm saying, and when I say to you that they fail to act and utilize talents. They're not going to utilize talents. People who have talents are good, really good. But a slothful leader, that sin is all about ignoring your talents because to acknowledge them is to acknowledge the slothfulness in that leader. So they're not going to bring out your talents. Oh, this is good. They're just going to let it ride and pretend they don't see it. Number five, wrath. Ooh, a strong anger and a hate towards others, others, wrath. When I was a little girl, my dad used to talk about the wrath of God and how you never, ever wanted 
to experience the wrath of God. That's an anger you can't even begin to imagine in your dreams, let alone in real life. Yeah? Well, my mom took it a step further. (laughs) My mom would say, when you hear the thunder and the lightning, that's God talking and he's angry. And she would make us go and find a place in the house, a room, a closet, sit down, be quiet until that thunder and lightning ceased. My mother used to tell us that was a respect for God while he talked and reprimanded those of us who were sinners, who were sinning, who were doing bad things. And do you know, as a full grown woman today, when I hear thunder and lightning, it scares me so bad. And heaven help me if I'm on an airplane and it's thundering and lightning. Because of course I'm in the sky, I'm in a plane that I can't control and the thunder is all around me and I'm thinking, whoops, lightning's gonna make this baby go down to the ground before we're ready to land on wheels, by the way, and not the belly of the plane. You know, and all these things go through my head. But the one thing above all of those things I think of, I'm in the sky, so I'm closer to heaven. Therefore, I'm closer to God. That means I'm closer to really getting my butt whooped. (laughs) You know, yeah, today as a grown woman. So the wrath in leadership, W-R-A-T-H, in case you can't understand my accent, wrath. The wrath in leadership It is an anger or a hate towards others. I have met leaders and I'm working with some leaders right now who hate the woman that I am and the woman I'm becoming, the woman I've become. They hate my gifts, my talents. They hate the way I am as a speaker, male and female. And you too, you've got people like that in your life. Some you know about, some you are totally oblivious to. Just keep your eyes wide open and not wide shut. Because people like that eventually reveal the true essence of how they feel about things, about life, and about you. They don't realize it because they just start talking. And as you're sitting there listening and kind of nobbing your head, as though you are in agreement. They just let it go. It's like your computer and the internet. Push a button, any button, and they'll download. So the wrath are, again, leaders who will hate you, your gifts, your talents, but they come at those that work for them and with them with a strong anger and a hate towards towards other people. There are people that just wake up angry every day. There are people that, look here, I'm sorry if you love Donald Trump, but I'm not sorry. Donald Trump is a classic example of this. In fact, I believe Donald J. Trump exhibits, lives with, and has braced all seven of these sins. It's who he is. And the wrath of Donald Trump. Look, even today, he was much worse when he was in office. But even today, as a wannabe leader, (laughs) yes, he 
when he was in office, it was nothing for him to set out to destroy someone because they wouldn't do or didn't do what he wanted them to do. And his anger would make him go out and try to destroy them on, on Twitter. That's the reason he's been banned. Because he's no good, rotten to the bone, straight from hell. A, a, a leader with seven deadly sins. And even now, he has vowed and committed to destroy a woman in Alaska. Because she voted that he participated in the insurrection on January 6, 2021. You know, a leader like this, anything or anyone that they don't like, this anger, there's nothing. Look, I, I, I'm not going to accuse the man of killing anybody, but, you know, President Biden recently stated that Putin is a killer. I, hey, you want me to disagree with that? I will not. My point is the seven deadly sins in leadership and this one in particular, you see it in world leaders all over the world every day. And all you have to do is listen and watch what they say, listen to what they say and watch what they do. And that can even be the leaders of Fortune 500 companies. Just watch these blokes as well as women and you will hear and see things that will, that will horrify you. Number six, envy. Ooh. Envy, this is intense desire. Listen to me good, please. To have an item, a person, or your desire for someone else. Well, hello. Because you're famous and well endowed and a lot of money in the bank because you envy someone else and his wife you go after or her husband you go after it people with this particular sin as it relates to leaders ah, I I cannot describe the things I've seen the things I've heard and the things I know there are people dead, buried, and in a ground somewhere on earth behind this particular sin in leadership. You and I have leaders we greatly admire, but we have no idea what has been done behind closed doors. And then finally, sin number seven, excessive view of oneself without regard for others. Again, Donald J. Trump. There are a lot of people like him. He's not the only one. He just got a lot of publicity because he was in the role in the White House of what this country calls president. So there you have it. Seven deadly sins of leadership. I would encourage you when you see that I have an event and I'm speaking. I often speak on this title, this topic, the seven deadly sins in leadership. And depending on the leaders from the particular genre that I'm going to address, 
I add an adjunct, an extension to the title. I love leadership, but we have to understand that leadership embodies a lot of great characteristics. Once again, if I could just recap quickly the seven deadly sins of leadership, they're lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. To be a great leader, you've got to be a leader devoid of sin. Sin is like pride. Pride comes before the fall. People who are prideful eventually fall on their face, isn't it? And pride does come before the fall. So as you think on these seven deadly sins in leadership, think on which and or all of them that you may be using and figure out a way to reverse how to use seven deadly sins and make them seven deadly or seven deadly or exciting, not deadly, but seven exciting (laughs) blessings. You've been listening to Inspire Me. I'm your host, René Dubovois. So turn around the seven deadly sins to seven wonderful blessings. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Merci beaucoup. Bonne journée. Au revoir.